Hello, welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today we're back in the studio. We've got a special guest for you, as we always try to do here at the Project Purple Podcast is bring you experts in their fields. And today we've got a special one, a close friend of ours, someone who's run with us, full disclosure to our audience listening at home, ran the 19 New York City Marathon, John Brummer. DPM podiatrist. I think I said that right, John. Right. In New York City, who is uh, a foot and ankle specialist specializing in uh, sports and dance. John, welcome to the Project Purple podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dino. Very excited to be here. Well, as we always do with our guests, John, some of you who are listening at home may know John actually from social media and full disclosure, as I said, to open the podcast, you ran with us last year. But one of the things that I thought was really cool and really special for me, John running the organization was what you were doing on social media and and social media, when it's used in a positive way, it can do amazing things. It can bring people together. It can get messaging out there really quick. Um, And especially for charities in the charitable world, um, it just is tremendous in helping us raise awareness for all our great missions, but for us, for pancreatic cancer. And some of our followers and listeners, well, clearly our followers on social media probably saw what you were doing pretty much, I think, from when you started running, which was probably back in like the the late spring or early spring, yeah. I should say, with Project Purple. So you would go out to Instagram and Facebook and and post uh, your, your workouts, not the whole time, but as you were running, you would just put out this passionate plea uh, about supporting your mission and, and all the things that you were doing for Project Purple, which is awesome. So some of our audience may know the name and may the, the voice may resonate with the videos that you were doing, which is awesome. And you did that through your entire journey, which was really special. Yeah. It, 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 you, you want to know something? I, I strictly use my social media only for fundraising. That's what, it, and, and that was really, it was, it's, it's really not for um, any self-promotion. You'll see that maybe there's one or two posts about um, my office, yeah. but uh, it was it, it was pretty much dedicated to Project Purple and raising this money. And I, I'm very proud of the amount of money that we were able to raise um, for Project Purple because um, it was it was great. And you know it, these little tidbits, uh, I I was quite surprised because a lot of the feedback that I got, they said that that I was inspiring other people, you know. And I'm just I'm just I'm just posting like little videos of me going on a run and, you know, during my training uh, process and I get people that say, keep on going, John. Hey, you're, you're making me want to work out. And John, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to run with you and stuff like that. And it was just really, it's really, really inspiring. Special stuff. I mean, I think that's the one thing you just never know who you're going to touch or who's going to be inspired by what you're doing. And, um, you know, for me, sitting back and, and I didn't really know, I was like, who is this guy doing all these videos? And I was like, oh, he's on our New York team. It kind of, you know, it made sense early on, um, but we didn't meet, I don't think we met until physically, like like face-to-face until like that last training run when I, I went yeah, into the city. Yeah, 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 by, by the 59th Street Bridge. That yeah, was yeah, it was the last, well, they call it the last 10, right? So the last 10, which is run the week before, and, and there was what, there was probably a couple hundred people there and, and I saw you and Sean, a fellow colleague, fellow runner, a uh, good friend of yours, Sean Rose, who's on our team yeah. last year as well. Um, you guys were standing there. I was and like, he's hey. on the team this year. Yeah, and yeah. he's running again this year. So it's just really, really special. 
Yeah, it was it, it, it was great. I'm I'm very I'm I'm very proud of of of, uh, of our team and uh, what we've accomplished, and of you and of Project Purple. It's it's it's, it's an amazing organization, and uh, you've 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 made it. You've made everybody that's a part of the team feel feel amazing and comfortable, and and uh, feel like we're really making a difference, which we are. We are, John, and that's because of runners like you and participants just like you. So thank you. So let's talk about what you do nine to five or what you do for your day job. You have this specialty um, in foot and ankle, and we want to share that with our runners. And, and you and I talked yesterday before we before you know the podcast to talk a little bit about this. And I know for audience listening at home, there's, there's many topics, and we hope to have you back on, John, to talk about other things. But I think in fairness of time and in fairness of our audience, we kind of kind of wanted to whittle this down to a couple of key points in terms of things that in your expertise and your practice, what you see and what could be helpful for our audience. So before we get there though, John, just really quick, share with our audience your background and what you do. Because I don't think I did you justice given your title and, and just all right. That's all right. It's all right. It's good, you know. I am uh so I'm I'm John Brummer. I'm a New York City podiatrist. I uh a doctor of podiatric medicine. I am uh I was the the team uh foot doctor for two semi pro basketball teams. I'm a doc. I was a doctor at Steps on Broadway. I treat a lot of dancers. I uh, did a surgical. I, I specialize in surgery. I do foot and ankle surgery and sports and dance medicine. Um, I have uh, four locations in in New York City, and um, I uh, I love keeping athletic New Yorkers going. I like to keep them going even after surgery. I some of my patients. One of the things that that, that I pride myself in is that if if I even operate on a patient on a Friday. They'll be, they could get back into the gym early on that next week. Not necessarily jumping on their feet, but at least getting back into the gym and doing upper body and even some stationary bike work and some rowing and stuff with a boot on. And, um, that's, you know, that's one of the, 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 proud, the proud, proud things I do in my practice. So I keep New Yorkers going and working out and keeping them healthy. What got you into this field, John? Podiatry? Uh, I, thought, I thought podiatry is a great subspecialty. Um, I always wanted to be surgeon. I love taking care of people. I always want to be a doctor. And, um, you know, podiatry is, is, you know, there's not a lot of emergencies. Um, and uh, it, it, I thought that this would be a great uh, profession for me to have a family and be being able to provide for my family and be able to be around for my family without um, the commitments of, uh, you know, other, other medical professions, you know. Guys that are on call day and night, and you know they never see their family and stuff, and it's a big sacrifice for them. And uh, although I do get, I, although I do take call at Lenox Hill still, so but it's two blocks away, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, and I, I think you know, with talking and having many friends in the medical field, I, I think you're you're spot on. I, I you know what you said about family. I mean, uh, many other specialties you're on call a lot or you know it's just a crazy schedule and not very conducive to family so i i appreciate your honesty there oh yeah now there's only you only get honesty from it <laughs> we so, know that i know that i don't know if our audience does yeah. that and i'm sure our audience will get that the, by the end of this episode because they don't know you <laughs> like i do i don't mean that in any other way just because i know you very well i've gotten to know you very well i should say i got a question for you as a surgeon though how much of your time, because I've heard this, you know, surgeons 
you know, their job is to cut, right? Um, and right. maybe this is a little bit unfair because I've, I'm talking about, you know, most of the surgeons I deal with from a surgical oncology standpoint or general surgery standpoint that I know. And, you know, they get paid to, to have surgery. But how much of your job is done in prevention and avoiding surgery? Well, so first of all, I'll tell you right now, in my practice, I love, I love operating. I love being in the operating room. I love doing surgery. But I only do it when it's absolutely necessary. So I have a very conservative approach to my patients. Um, you know, if a person comes in and uh, they say that they want surgery, I make sure that they've taken all the conservative steps. And also, sometimes insurance companies, they won't even approve a surgery unless they've seen that other, other modality treatments have failed. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of a protocol that, you know, everybody has of their own. Um, before they, before they operate. But prevention, preventative medicine is, you know, that is what's in vogue, man. I mean, that's, we, most of the people that I see, I mean, first of all, we're not operating anywhere near as, as much as, as I used to. Mm-hmm. But um, most of the people that I see, you know, the idea is to avoid injuries and, uh, you know, prevent them from needing surgery. A lot of doctors now, they don't make a lot of money in the, in the, in the, in the operating room like they used to. So, you know, staying in the office and keeping people healthy can be more lucrative, believe it or not. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I yeah. agree with that 120%. So, yeah. so we, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, so I we, was going to say that. So like when I, when I see patients, you know, that come in and they have certain injuries, you know, I, I, my, my preventative measures are, you know, we, most of the time, a lot of physical therapies involved. A lot of these injuries that we see as runners, uh, you know, and, and we were, we were going to do this podcast right before our, our, our New York City half before unfortunately yeah. canceled. Um, but you know, like, so I'll give you some of the conditions that we see in the runners that, that I think that you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, like Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, a Morton's neuroma, you know, um, stress fractures. These are all shin splints. Um, these are all really common running injuries that we see in beginning, in beginner runners, uh, even all the way up to, you know, professional runners. The, and a lot of these injuries can be avoided by appropriate special, um, by um, the right shoe gear, uh, and uh, by, you know, recognizing, you know, you can't ramp up your training you know, so quickly that, you know, uh, especially as a, as a, as a novice runner, you know, before you, before you incur one of these injuries. So John, that, and that's a great point, And I want to start here. Do you, and I've read, you know, when it comes to, well, let me back up before we say anything, I've got a question for you. Sure. Are the feet the most important part of the body when it comes to running and we're going to stay on running on this because we do, and we'll say fitness, right? Let's say fitness as a whole, like running, crossfitting, you know, cycling, um, jogging for that matter. Cause I, I, I hate when we say running because I think I even jog. I don't think I run. I'm not a, I'm not a fast runner. I'm a jogger. Well, you're pretty fast, but go on. <laughs> so yeah. are the feet um, so- the most important, like, you know, when we talk about like the body, you know, and, and people talk about like, well, you have to have strong quads or you have to have a strong core. You know, there's been a lot of discussion in the fitness community about like, forget about, you know, lifting all these weights. It's all about your core and flexibility. Right. So, so, so as a podiatrist, of course, the feet are the most important part to me, right? Yeah. But 
Um, truthfully, I mean, listen, you have to also think cardiovascular, your lungs and your heart. Uh, these, are, these are also very important in exercising. And, and, you know, depending on your capacity and your ability to do things, you know, I, I, putting those aside, putting that aside, as far as biomechanically, what I think that that's what you're asking. Yeah. Biomechanically, the feet are very, very important. If your feet are out of the line or if they're not contacting the surfaces correctly or if you have a limb length discrepancy and one leg hits a little harder than the other, these are areas where you can, um, you know, become injured. Um, and, and mechanics are super duper important on, 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 um, holding your foot in the right position and contacting the ground uh, appropriately and through your whole mechanical cycle of, of running and, and, and gait. So for our audiences again at home that doesn't have an idea of what their gait is, the mechanics, if, if they have an imbalance, I mean, I think some people do know, like, you know, I, I've heard, you know, yeah, it, one foot is bigger than the other. Or, you know, yeah, some, it could be simple as, as, as flat feet. You know, people with yeah. flat feet, they pronate a little bit more. So their arch collapses, right? And, and to put it in layman's terms, so if you're flat footed and you're running, you know, you could be, and you don't have adequate support, you could be straining, uh, one of your, one of your very important tendons in your, in your foot and leg called the posterior tibial tendon. And that posterior tibial tendon after time will get weakened and get degenerated and it can tear, you know, and that's a major, that's a major problem. Um, but you know, there are su super easy things, putting inserts into the shoes, wearing the right proper running shoes that can avoid these injuries, you know? So would it be recommended then, John, in your experience to seek out a professional like yourself before going and getting into running or getting into fitness and finding the right shoe? Because I think, you know, this could be super overwhelming, right? Because like now there's, you know, the, these, all these shoes now have different variations and they all fit so differently. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So first of all, I, if you have any foot problems, you should always go see a podiatrist, yeah. all right? Podiatrists are the, are, are the super experts on any foot and ankle issue, all right? Um, I even treat people. People are sent to me from other doctors for their knee and hip and back, yeah. and, you know, pain as well. Because orthotics and inserts that we put into the shoes can really help um, mitigate and, and, and um, you know, help... Um, People convalesce over over injuries of their of their knees and hips and back as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it's important. It, it, go to a good a good sneaker store that they'll evaluate you. I mean, but um, and and they should they should put you into the right into the right sneaker. Always, you know, one thing that I always tell people that they don't that they don't do. You, you could tell the difference between a good sneaker store and a bad sneaker store if they measure your feet. They should measure your feet. When was the last time you went to a store and somebody measured your foot? Rarely, right? Oh, it's been years. Going to a store. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so one of the things that you should do is you should always get your feet measured. All right. One foot might be longer than the other, which can be an issue. And also, I, I, when I talk to long, long distance runners, right? Like yourself and myself. We always tend to go about a half size to a full size bigger mm -hmm. because our feet will swell over time and you need that extra room in, in, in the sneaker. And that's, uh, that's, that's one of the tricks. And there's a lot of people that don't like to have their, their sneakers bigger 
And those are the guys that come in with, um, you know, those crushed toenails, the black toenails um, that are falling off because the sneakers are too too small and they're jamming their toes into the tip of the sneaker. You know, I've never, I've run 10 marathons and I've never lost a toenail and I'm probably jinxing myself right now, but I've always kind of lived by that rule of thumb where you go a half size larger to a full size yeah 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 you have to, yeah, to so have that your room foot, and that your pocket. foot your foot after that repetitive after the repetitive motions and the pounding on the ground yeah you will you your, your foot will expand and, and 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 always also i always tell people go and try on your shoes at the end of the day at the end of the day is the best time to go shoe and sneaker shopping because that's when your 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 feet are um generally the most swollen that's that's a great idea I want to stay on the sneaker concept right now. Do you sure. think, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, with all of these new sneakers coming out with this, uh, you know, like the Nike Vaporfly with this carbon fiber plate in them. Um, I've run in Hoka's that have a carbon fiber plate. Um, I think Saucony now has issued one. I believe Asics possibly. Uh, it seems like everyone has these carbon fiber sneakers. I know the data is still, I mean, these are all brand new, but in personal opinion, do you think that's an issue for someone? And, and I'm not talking about no. the elite elites, um, but for the general public, let's say. No, I, so listen, the carbon fiber plate in there, I, I mean, listen, there, there's all kinds of marketing things, right? And, and, and the truth is, is that, I mean, I, in some of my orthotic devices that I use for runners, yeah. I put in, I, I use a carbon carbon fiber graphite um, type of orthotic. Yeah. Um, but the carbon fiber plate is just basically, it's, it's what they're trying to do is, is they're trying to say that they're stabilizing the shoe with, with that, with that type of, of, um, of material in order for, for, for it to support the, the person's foot better. And, um, you know, I have no problems with it. It's, it's, it's the way that they want to market it. You know, I, uh, I have my, I have my subset of my favorite sneakers that I like for running that I feel are, are a little bit more supportive and um, have a little better width, you know, uh, for, for runners. Um, and, you know, those are just my personal preferences. So do you have a brand that you normally recommend to people or does it vary depending on the shoe? And not that you're sponsored by any uh, sneaker company here. Yeah, so I'm, not, I, I'm definitely not. I would love to be, yeah. um, but I am not. Um, but I, I have, I give them, I generally give people four brands that uh, I think are great for runners, uh, and they they're in in order. I go New Balance, Saucony, Brooks, and Asics. Those are my top four brands. Now that doesn't go without saying there's a there are a pair of Mizuno's that I really like. There's um, an Adidas pair that I like, and there are some Hulkas that I really like. And um, you know there's um, but but if if to go across the board, it's my New Balance, Saucony, Brooks, Asics. I think that those are the best running shoes that you can find out there. And of course there are different, you know, subsets within that and depending on the foot type, you know. Yeah. But I think that as far as support goes and um the ability to to to, to train in, those are my favorite sneakers. And they have to be changed. You know, a lot of people don't realize that they're running in, in old sneakers that, that don't uh that aren't supporting their foot the right way. And they get injured from that as well. I, I can't tell you how many times people come in and I'm like how how old are you sneakers? And they're like, oh, they're six months old. Like, they're, they're not supporting you anymore. That's why you're getting injured. You know, it's fascinating. What, what when we talk about sneakers? Last question I have, and I know this comes up often. You know, people have this um, 
perception that a, a chunkier or more cushiony sh- sneaker is going to make them slower versus a, a thinner, less cushiony sneaker. In your professional opinion, w- what should people do? And, and let's assume that, you know, it's the right brand for them in terms of pronating or over pronating. Should they go with those lighter sneakers that don't have as much cushion or should they go with the more you know, cushiony? Yeah, I, 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 I get it. I am not, a, I'm not a runner that runs for, for time. You know, <laughs> we know that, John. Um, I'm, 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 a, I'm a, I'm a completion guy, right? Yeah. So I'm just happy to complete my runs. Um, but, uh, if you're a person that, you know, you're pacing and stuff like that, you, you, I think that you have to try a variety of different, different sneakers to see. Um, because you know what, one sneaker might be lighter, but it's not supporting you well enough. And if you're injured, you're going to go slower anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, you have to see what the trade off is. I, I personally, there are people that, you know, feel, you know, the, 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 what's it called? The, um, the barefoot, the barefoot right. runner feel, you know, thing born to run all that good stuff. You know, I mean, I, th- I think that that's, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't think that that really means well to our world today. All right. Cause, uh, we, we're running on hard paved concrete and surfaces that, you know, that necessitate the adequate cushioning and the protection of our feet, you know, and to hold our feet in the proper position, which gives us the most mechanical advantage and lets us propulse and run appropriately. You need an orthotic and a good running sneaker that's supportive and cushioned appropriately. I couldn't agree with you more. One more thing. Every pro athlete out there, I think, wears an orthotic. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I've seen many that uh, on social media when they when they have their sneakers or they lift them up or, you know, when uh, just recently, you know, now that the NBA has suspended its season, but I just saw LeBron James, he was handing his sneakers to a kid, but he handed them and then he was like, oh, he took them back. And I'm like, oh, no, he's taking them back. He actually took it back to take out his orthotics, you know, yeah. which are probably more <laughs> valuable than his sneakers. So it's, it's, it's really fascinating. Yeah, orthotics are they're very important. I mean, they, 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 they help these athletes and they help us as athletes, you know, do what we're supposed to do and, and hold our foot in a better position. It's powerful stuff. One thing that I want to bring up uh, as we're on the sneaker topic in that realm, what about socks? Do you think socks matter? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, you don't want, you don't want a sock that's too cushy. Um, you don't want a sock that's moving around in the shoe. Uh, you want a sock that wicks away the, the, um, the, you know, the moisture and the sweat. Um, you know, I, I like this. I like, I like thin. I'm, I'm big on thin, mm-hmm. uh, uh, wick away moisture socks. That's, 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 that's the ones that I, that I, that I generally promote. Um, some people, oh, you can't, you, you can't run in wool socks. I don't care how cold it is. Yeah. It's, it's just not. And and the other thing is, is that sometimes the material, if the material is uh, too slippery and you're moving around in the shoe, that's where you get your blisters and that's where you get a lot of, um, that's where people lose their toenails too. Because uh, if, the, if the sock is too loose or it's pulling on a nail, pull off your nail yeah. from repetitive pressure. It's an important lesson. Don't run with wool socks. I know, uh, you know, the, the the technology now with a lot of these uh, fabrics, though, is, is amazing, though, you know, with the wicking. Amazing. Yeah, you know, so, and I've always 
heard that, you know, you don't want, and, you know, naturally, depending on the elements, if it's a, a wet day and you're running, you know, it is what it is. But think about it, if you're running 26 miles, it's almost like the chafing analogy, right? Why people chafe and use, you know, whatever, uh, you know, aquaphor or, uh, you know, whatever uh, device or not device, yeah, glide, but glide yeah, body yeah. glide. Yes. Thank you. Body you know, glide. it's to keep them from chafing. It's the same thing. Think about your feet. If you have you know, water in there, you want to keep your feet dry. And that's how that, you know, the feet get, you know, you have it, you can get issues really, really quick with all that moisture down there. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Something really, really important. Um, next subject that I want to bring up here. And again, we can go a lot of ways here, John, but you know, you talked about a couple of issues, the plantar fasciitis, the stretch fractures, the shin splints, the Achilles issues. Right. What is the most common that you see for new runners? And, and I have kind of a guess on my own, and and then I want to spend a little bit of time on that. It's the fasciitis, hundred percent. Plantar fasciitis is uh is is super common. That's that common heel pain. You wake up in the morning, you step down on the on the on the, on the ground, and you're in you're in agony. You're limping a little bit, mm-hmm. and then it kind of eases off as you continue to go. Then you go to work, you sit down for a period of time, and then you stand up, and once again, boom your heel starts hurting you again. That's that plantar fasciitis. And plantar fascia is really just the connective tissue that goes from the back of the heel all the way up to the metatarsal head. And it's quite commonly very easily injured because of um, tightness in the calves and the hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So um, stretching is one of the top modalities that, and treatments for, for this problem. Uh, we also do steroid injections, orthotics, and and, you know, physical therapy are all part of the treatment modalities. But, you know, the, the number one way to avoid these injuries is by being stretched out appropriately. And uh, part of the reason of that, and this goes hand in hand with Achilles tendonitis, is the Achilles tendon, it, 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 it inserts into the middle third of the calcaneus bone, of the heel bone, right? And then it contributes some fibers underneath to the plantar fascia. So when your calves are tight, your plantar fascia is tight. And once you start to stretch out those calves and you, 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 you start to start to get a little elongation in that muscle and stretch it out, you will um, decrease the tension in the bottom of the foot in that plantar fascia. And it, it all works hand in hand. I actually, I tell people that it's like, just picture a big rubber band mm-hmm. that goes from the back of the neck all the way down your back, down the back side of your legs and underneath your foot. That big rubber band needs to be stretched the most. And if you think of most injuries in athletics period, that's where you're seeing everything from the neck, to the back, to the hamstrings, to the calf tears, to the Achilles tears, to the plantar fascial tears. If you tell me, you know, do you think of any other injuries that are not caused that, you know, these are all, these are all the problems it's, it's that, right that in people line. face. Yeah. Other, uh, yeah, other than, other than trauma, like when somebody gets trauma, then they'll get a quad tear. Somebody gets trauma, then they'll get an ACL tear yeah. or, or, or patella tendon those are all traumatic the other ones are all from because of that rubber band being not being too tight so with stretching let's spend a minute here on this is it better for people to stretch before or after it's better for people to stretch um to stretch before and after so Yeah. So would it be, and and then this is my next question on the stretching. I know there's, there's a difference. There's like a dynamic stretch. 
Um, and then there's like a static stretch. So the static stretch for our audience listening at home is like bend over, touch your toes type of stretch, hold it for 10 seconds where your dynamic right. stretching is more of like, um, you know, high knees or butt kicks, you know, to warm up those quads and, and fire those hamstrings. Right. Well, I, I think that if, if you look at any athletic training program, right, there's a period of um, stretching and then there's warm ups and then there's the activity mm-hmm. and then there's the cool down and then there's stretching again. I mean, that's the right way. If you look at any professional athlete, that's pretty much uh, the regimen during the training process. And, and I, I think for audiences at home, we, we don't have to train like professional athletes, right? But I think we do need to have this conscious ability that I think if you're, Absolutely. if in life's are busy, right? Everyone's life is crazy and we're in a crazy time right now. But if you even take five minutes to just warm up properly, go do your activity and then come back and cool down for five minutes or 10 minutes and then maybe find ways. I, I've always kind of been a school of thought where even before I go to bed, I'll just do a, you know, a 10 minute stretch just to, uh, so that I wake up. Uh, I find when I wake up in the morning, I'm not as tight uh, because I did some stretching right before I went to bed. Uh, but you know, we're not asking people to go out and, you know, do a half hour warm up like some of these Olympians or professional athletes do, or, you know, the NBA, those guys, you know, they warm up for hours before and, and use all sorts of therapy modalities. But I don't think that's what we're advocating here, but I think just a little bit before and a little bit after will make a big difference in the long run. Absolutely. Listen, we're, 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 we're not professional athletes here and, and everybody needs to stretch appropriately to take care of their own bodies, you know, and, and, and there are some people that are just, you know, hypermobile and flexible and that's their genetics. And then there are other people that are just super duper tight, but you know, we, we know to avoid injury, stretching is, is, is very helpful. And to treat injury, stretching is also very helpful. So, you know, being stretched out appropriately and, you know, taking the time out. Hey, if you're running with somebody, you're running with your wife or your partner or your brother or your sister, you guys can stretch each other out. And that, that, that always worked out really, really well. Because having somebody actually there to, to stretch you properly is, is another, is another big plus. Where do you think, and I've got two more questions for you, and this is the, this is the first. Shin splints is another common one. Why do you think people are so susceptible to shin splints? Well, it depends. It's, shin splints are also from stretching, my friend. You know, tightness in, in, in that posterior musculature yeah. can cause you to, to develop these shin splints. Shin splints are, the medical term for them is periostitis, um, which is the lining of the bone right along the front of that shin gets yeah. inflamed. Um, so we've got some good topical anti-inflammatories we can give patients. And we also um, consider some stretching. And a lot of times also some arch support will be very helpful to them. Do you think, I, I know people have talked about ice and like foam rolling your shins. And I mean, that can be really painful, the, the foam rolling yeah. of it. Would you recommend that, John? I mean, it, I, I don't think that foam rolling a shin, like putting a, a, um, you know, a roller on top of a piece of bone yeah. is anything. I think icing it can be very helpful. I think foam rolling muscle is very helpful uh, and tendons. But, you know, the shin is, is, is just basically... Um, there's skin and the, and then the there's, there's a little bit of soft tissue and, and, and the periosteum, the, yeah. the, the lining of the bone. So I don't know if foam rolling, I, I mean, it's not, not something that I prescribe, but I think icing it is good and stretching your calves helps the front of your, front of your leg as well. 
Interesting. Interesting. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Last question. And then we go to the most important thing is and where people can connect with you and find out more. And we're going to have you back on the podcast, but what is, and this is kind of a loaded question. What's probably the most important thing that people can do with regards to their feet to avoid getting injured? All right. That is a very loaded question. (laughs) You know? Um, All right. Well, so first of all, uh, proper foot hygiene is always really important. All right. A lot of people tend to not take care of their feet. When I get people, if I tell people to, to, to use a a moisturizer or a a cream or something like that, I tell them to use it three times a day. If they use it once or twice, I'm ecstatic. All right. Because to get people to pay attention to their feet is, 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 you know, primo number one. Right. So, um, recognizing that you have a foot problem is really, really important. Um, how to avoid injuries with the feet. I mean, I think that you got to take care of them hygienically. Um, you have to be aware of getting the right shoe gear. You have to recognize that, hey, that my feet don't feel right in these sneakers when I'm running, you know. Um, and also, I just, you know, the normal awareness of a person like me and you when if, if you feel like something's not right, go get it checked out. You know, don't wait until it's a major problem. You know, go see a podiatrist. Go to your, go to the local, you know, to, to your local podiatrist and, and, and say, Hey, listen, I'm a runner. Uh, after I run three miles, all of a sudden I start to get this numbness in my toes or all of a sudden the back of my heel starts to hurt. You know, why is that? What's going on here? You know, and there's certain simple diagnostic tools that doctors and podiatrists can use to determine what's going on right away. And before it becomes a problem, before it becomes a tear or before it becomes a chronic inflammation, you know, we, there, there, there are options that we can do in treatment. It's good stuff, John. And I, that was a tough one. And, and you know, that's not an easy question to answer with just one, um, but great stuff. Great stuff here. Last thing. And like I said, we're going to have you back on and we're going to pick some topics and maybe we'll go out to our audience and see what they want to hear from you we should do a video podcast we can do a video we can go live on facebook i think that would be the kind of the, the next step uh possibly but if someone wants to talk to you further if they're having issues and they live in the new york city area or let's say they don't live in the new york city area but something here on this podcast really perked their interest what's the best way for them to reach out to you okay well they can always reach out to me my office phone number if you add is 212 yeah, Eight seven seven one nine six nine. That's two one two eight seven seven one nine six nine. And uh, if they want to follow me, my handle on um, on Instagram is Doctor J Brummer. Doctor D R with the letter J and my last name Brummer B R U M M E R. And they can follow me on Instagram and uh, they can direct message me if they want. Awesome. Awesome. Well, John, thank you for being a guest on our podcast. Like I said, we hope to have you back soon. Talk about many topics related to foot care and endurance and how that relates to your health and well-being. Thank you for all you do for Project Purple and for bringing such a positive impact in social media and what you're doing. I know you've, you've worked with other charities too, so you're, you're always doing great stuff on social media. So for our listeners at home, go out and follow Dr. John on social media. And as we say here, that's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. If you love what you hear, follow us where you listen to podcasts, share our podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you then.